0: Hello and welcome to Football Digest Extra. I am Kaya Kainak, Arsenal writer for Football.London. I am joined by Paul Brown, sports writer for The Daily Star. We are here to react, of course, to Tottenham versus Arsenal in the North London derby yesterday. A good day for Tottenham on the return of fans to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. A not-so-good day for Arsenal who succumbed to another defeat in the Premier League and are now 15th in the Premier League table. But before we move on to them, I want to focus on some positives for Spurs yesterday and Paul, you were at the stadium. What was it like having 2,000 fans back inside and how was the atmosphere?
1: It was great. You, you, you can make a lot of noise just the 2,000, the huge stadium, and it feels cavernously empty when there's no one in there. So I was quite surprised that only 2,000 can make that kind of noise. They're all in, all really in one stand, um, apart from the few in the expensive seats behind us. But they made such a difference. I mean, it's... it's it's a pretty soul destroying experience when you go to football and there's no one there and you can, it's quite fun to hear the benches talking and people shouting at each other on the pitch for a while, but the novelty of that wears off quite quick. And what people don't see on the TV is that it is, I just find it a really soul destroying experience when there's no, no atmosphere at all. And the the, the 2000 made a real difference yesterday.
0: Yeah. I was there just um,
1: outside the stadium before,
0: uh, doing some lives from outside and sort of watching the fans queue up and everyone walking in from the train and people queuing up outside the stadium down the street. It was nice. It was nice to sort of reminisce almost slightly back to normal times. Um, as far as this season goes, it was pretty standard on the pitch as well. Uh, Spurs were top, their top of the league for a reason. They were the superior team and, um, Goals from Son and Kane yet again. Uh, Hyung min Son himself alone with 10 goals has now scored as many goals as the Arsenal team combined this season in the Premier League. And with that strike force, um, I think it's fair to be asking at this point of the season now, 11 games in, do you think it's okay to start talking about Spurs as title contenders? Obviously, Jose Mourinho has been using a lot of animal imagery in his press conferences to sort of distance Spurs from that in his uh, press conferences. But... um, What do you think, Paul? Do you think Spurs are genuine title contenders this season?
1: It's interesting. He he used very similar um, phraseology with Chelsea once in a season where they were maybe not quite in the race properly. And he he was right then. I think, thinking back the year after, they did actually win the league. So are Spurs maybe one year away? I don't know. But where they are at the moment and how they've performed so far, you have to say they're, they're contenders. I mean, I know he'll try and play it down, but um I think he's done a great job there. I I was very skeptical that he'd get the players that in that squad to buy into the kind of um style of play that he wants to play, but they suddenly look as ruthlessly efficient as any Chelsea side Jose's ever had. Um they are fighting for each other and they are not complaining or messing up when he's expecting them to play with five or six at the back and sit with a wall in front of opposing teams, which is very, very unspurs-like. Um, so I, I think you have to say they are they are contenders. Yeah, Son, in Son and Kane, they have the best double act in, in the Premier League by a country mile this season. Um, the only slight concern you'd have with that is that When you look beyond them, I think no other Spurs player has scored more than one goal this season. So if anything was to happen to either of those two or they go through a a sticky patch, you you wonder what else Spurs have. At the moment, everything is clicking, everything is working. They're finding ways to get in behind teams using the pace of Son and and Bergwijn and and others. And, And Kane dropping deep has opened up so much space for other people. Um, so the tactics are working. I think normally you can see roughly where a team is in their development after 10 games. You get an idea then, you know, where they, where they might be. Um, and Spurs look good, don't they? You have to say. So things are, are very positive for them. And, and you are, definitely you have to, you have to say they're title contenders. Absolutely. Just um, picking up on the style of play you were talking about
0: there uh, with spurs obviously uh in the second half yesterday just 23 possession at home in a north london derby it's one of those things where when it works of course it's fantastic and um when it works of course spurs fans go home very happy but under Mauricio pochettino even going back to the days of harry redknapp before a long time before him um spurs fans have become accustomed to a certain style of play do you think yeah that they'll if it does bring them trophies they'll be happy to put up with Mourinho Ball as we've seen against Chelsea last week as we saw against Man City the week before and as we saw against Arsenal on Sunday?
1: Probably but um, someone was making the the point to me the other day that it it probably helps not having many fans in in the stadium or not having any fans you know for for previous games because there's probably a limit um, to how much home fans will take when you're playing that style of football and Spurs fans do like to see a team on the front foot playing so say Spurs hadn't scored the first goal when they did in the derby yesterday would the fans in the stadium have have started to get a bit frustrated with it and and demand a little more going forward it it is possible they're they're finding ways to counter so quickly and so so brilliantly at the moment that when you do see Spurs come forward they're always looking dangerous in a game but I think as the season goes on teams will start adjusting to that and find ways to to be a bit quicker shutting that down and they might have to find other ways to score goals so whether that's sustainable or not I don't know and I think the more fans you have in the stadium especially at home the less patient people are likely to be with it but look Spurs are a team that want to win trophies and I'm sure most Spurs fans are just desperate to win something so I think it's going to be a while before anyone starts turning on him. Spurs fans won't need me to remind them that it has been a while since they've won a trophy. But of
0: course, all title-winning sides, all trophy-winning sides are generally built on solid defensive foundation. And um, in front of the back four yesterday, what really impressed me was the uh, midfield duo of Moussa Sissoko and in particular pierre Emile Højbjerg. Now, Højbjerg was brought in and Mourinho uh, in his post-match press conference was very keen to point out that aside from just being uh, the kind of player who goes around tackling everything he sees, he is also very technically gifted player and um, do you think he is one of the main reasons obviously we can talk about Son and Kane and the attacking quality they've to the side but how important do you think Hoybier has been to uh, improving Spurs this season?
1: I think he's massively helped because last year Spurs didn't really have a single player of, of that profile and that kind of player is essential for the way that Mourinho likes to operate he's always had that kind of player he's always had you know, a, a Matic or some kind of stopper like that in front of the the back four. And last season, he was mixing and matching different people who didn't really have the same characteristics. Um, Pochettino's Spurs were were built around trying to fit Winks and and Sissoko in the same team as either in Donnelay and Lo Celso or the two of them together. And, and that that was obviously just far too positive and, and attacking and risky for. For Jose, So having someone like Hoiberg is kind of essential to make the rest of it work. Um It's funny because I, I saw the, the, the first game of the season and Hoiberg was actually completely outplayed by Allen of, of Everton and, and they lost. But since then, I think he's shown that of, of the two of those, certainly Hoiberg has, has more in his armoury than than someone like Allen. And I think he does give you a little bit more. Than, he's not just a stopper, is he? He's very intelligent reads the game well, um, presses in the right areas and has a good range of passing. He he wants to go forward with it and he can pick a a pass when he needs to. Um, I think it works because having him and Sissoko there means you shut down danger quickly wherever it is on the pitch. So he's not overworked. Sissoko has a similar profile, but not quite the same. And I think the two of them work quite well in tandem, which allows whoever plays just in front whether it's Lacelso Celso or Ndombele, to concentrate on going forward and making things happen. But before, and Jose's tried it too, when he's had LaCelso or or Ndombele or, or Winks even sitting a bit deeper, um, it's cost them in matches because those, those players are not defensively sound enough and don't always track runners and don't see danger quickly. Um, so the system he's found works perfectly. Um, for the squad that he has now, but it, that's only possible because of Hoiberg. So I would say the two things together are, are what's what's worked for Spurs.
0: Now obviously, we can talk about how impressive Spurs were defensively for the remainder of this chat, but I want to also move on to how, um, as much as Spurs were good, uh, a lot of it came from Arsenal struggling to break them down. Now, Mikel Arteta has come under criticism in recent weeks a lot for his playing style. Um Arsenal, having covering, been covering them all season, have not been the greatest to watch at points this season. Um, just 10 goals in 11 Premier League games. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has just won from open play all season. And yesterday, uh, a stat was going around that the Gunners put in 44 crosses throughout the match, which is an obscene amount, especially when you think that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has scored, of his 56 uh, Premier League goals, I think I saw just three of them have come with his head. And... You talked about Mourinho playing to the strength of his squad. Um, do you think Mikhail Arteta is in sort of dogmatic pursuit of this Guardiola-style footballing philosophy of trying to work the ball out to the flanks and cut the ball back or put in crosses? Do you think he's hampering his team's progression in the short term by sticking so steadfastly to that one way of playing?
1: Yes and no. Um, Arteta, I find, is a manager who likes to pick a mix a bit. So he'll he'll mix up the tactical plan depending on the opponent which is okay in in some respects but it means that your team often lacks a kind of core identity maybe. Um, With Spurs you can see a core identity. You can see exactly how they're going to line up what they want to do and how they want to play in in every game. But with Arsenal Arteta has, has deliberately tried to change things so much and I think Pep kind of falls into this trap a little bit as well. There's, there's almost too much change sometimes. And it's almost like the two of them are trying to be a bit too clever. I think Arteta doesn't really know what his best team is. And I don't really think he has one set go-to plan that he can say, right, we're in trouble. We're not winning games. We're going to go back to basics and play like this. This is our identity. This is who plays and this is who plays where. Make this work. I don't think he has that. Um so it's okay to to mix and match and, and switch things up against opponents when you know when when those things are coming off. But when they don't, what what's the plan B? Um they obviously tried to cross and cross and cross and cross and cross <laughs> in the derby and yes, it, it yeah. just didn't work. It was reminiscent of um um a game Moyes once played for United when he was absolutely pilloried and ridiculed and you know mocked for, for having this one. The, just, just, just do this again and again, and eventually it will work. No one really makes the same criticism of Arteta. Maybe it's partly because he's a newer manager. He, he holds some stock because of the FA Cup win. You know, people like him. The people at the club like him. Um, but it's definitely time to ask some questions because they're they're going backwards at the moment. And I think they've had some big wins against big teams. Um, maybe if you analyse. How all those wins happen? they not all of them really a, a front foot, identity led. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to play. Kind of victories were they? Some some of them are quite dogmatic, fairly negative um, ways of winning. And, and you could argue that that's what Arsenal need in in some games because after years of, of Arsene Wenger never changing the plan and always wanting to play the same way and always wanting to pass teams off the pitch, a little bit of pragmatism. You know, is is probably a good thing, but it's almost as if they've gone too far that way now. And I would just like to see a little bit less change, and, and I'd like to see Arteta decide exactly who plays where every game and what kind of style of play they they want. And you you need to see more from from his his bigger players too. What what, what is I, I look at the game yesterday and the body language of people like Aubameyang and Lacazette is absolutely appalling. Yeah, I mean, there, there are times when. Arsenal are making openings making chances for them but the two of them aren't making the runs Um, that's not laziness that's not I don't think that's Aubameyang signing his contract and putting his feet up I just think their confidence is shot and they don't they don't believe they're going to receive the ball when they should but if you don't make the runs you know there's, there's nowhere to pass the ball to and there are times you'd see a midfielder or a defender bring the ball out desperately looking for an option and Ultimately, the only option was to go wide to a, a fullback or or a winger, and then you know that, that, I think that's part of the, the reason why they put so many crosses in because there, there was no way through; they they couldn't find a way through. Partly that was Spurs being great defensively, but there were times when they could have been caught out, and the forwards aren't aren't making the runs. So there's definitely a confidence problem there, and and there's also you know there've been a few times in behind the scenes at Arsenal when players have disagreed and, and, you know, little little flare-ups have happened and you wonder, you know, is there something a bit more deep-rooted there? It's a very strange situation. There's a whole squad of players at Arsenal, half of whom were basically for sale in the last two windows. Yeah. And, and most of those players are still there. Who was trying to sell them? Did Arteta say to the board, I don't want X, Y, Z, get rid of them all. I want, I want better options than that. Or did the board look at these players and their ages and the length of their contracts and say, we need to get as many of these out as possible and rebuild from there, but failed to do it? I'd love to know because people aren't, you know, it's, it's hard to get a straight answer out of people. But there, there are times when you listen to Arteta speak in a press conference and you wonder if um, it is genuinely his opinion or what he thinks what he's been told to say by the board or whether there's a disconnect there because they all seem quite close in, in public. They've invested a lot, of, a lot of personal capital in him, the people who employed Arteta. But you look at the squad and it's quite an unbalanced squad. Um, but it's also full of players who knew the club were trying to get rid of them. And I made this point right at the start of the season that the team that played, I think, in the Community Shield, half the players who played could have left that week they were all available most of the players who played in in that in that game and it's it's fine for for teams with with you know with a big squad um who are trying to retool for a new manager to look at trying to get rid of of players but then when you fail you have to wonder how those players are going to react really and it, it, it doesn't look like a happy camp to me at all basically no and just
0: picking up on that um Idea of needing to sell the players. You think for Arsenal and Mikel Arteta in terms of a fix, which is needed in the short term. I mean, they're fifteenth in the league. They are. It's it's not outrageous to start looking below them in the table, where they're not too far off the relegation zone after eleven matches. You know, it's not an early point in the season anymore. We're quite away of the way into the season. We're almost a third of the way into the season. So Arsenal need to start winning games and winning games quickly. So in terms of the January window, is obviously. A month away or just under a month away but until then there's quite a few games um we can talk about maybe selling players bringing in new players but until then what is it that Mikel arteta needs to do in terms of a quick fix just to sort things out for us or do you think um changing his style of play do you think that maybe uh not just trusting some more young players instead of going back to those uh more experienced higher paid players who seems as though like you were saying he doesn't want at the club and the club don't want there anymore either uh, yeah, what do you think the quick fix in the immediate term is for Arsenal right now?
1: Well, it depends on the position. If you're talking about the players, because of, of the forwards he's got, you kind of have to rely on on people like abameyang and, and Lacazette, who are very well paid, been around the block, you know, and, and have the experience to to do it. it. It's a big ask to suddenly throw people like and and, and um, Reece Nelson and, and, and even Saka really in on their own without a kind of focal point like that so I don't think he's got a choice but to try and trust, trust in some of those players um, the elephant in the room obviously is, is Mesut Ozil I mean there, there are people calling for him to, to come back but that's obviously just not going to happen because for whatever reason the club have decided that that's it and, and he's got to go um, but without him they, they probably are already lacking experienced voices there are a few players in, in the Arsenal team that you can look to for that but how many leaders are there I'm not saying Ozil is a leader but if you're talking about relying on, on younger players or more experienced ones I think in the forward positions anyway you've just got to get people like abameyang and, and Lacazette you've got to get their confidence back somehow um, I'd like to see Arsenal go back to basics a little bit um, I don't think they, they always know what they are trying to do in a game um, in other areas of the pitch um, there are all, all kinds of changes he could make but it's quite hard for a young player to come in in any other position in in the team as well when, when it's struggling and and make an impact. So it's hard to see what he can do. I I just think he needs to get them all back on board and simplify the way they play and convince people like Aubameyang and, and Lacazette that they are going to score goals. It's easier said than done. Just scrolling. I'm just having a look through the comments that
0: are coming in here. And, um, just want to finish by asking you a simple question that seems to be a running thread throughout, is that lots of people are saying, I mean, there's one guy here, Ahmad Ghanouan, saying uh, everyone out. Uh, lots of people saying that Arteta needs to go, that he's the problem. Do you think, um, just to finish off, Mikhail Arteta is the man to turn this around for us? Or do you think they have the right man in place in terms of the manager in the club? Or do you think what we saw in Emery sackball was a lack of clear tactical identity that you spoke about earlier? What uh, eventually brought down Arsene Wenger was failure to win in big games do you think uh, soon that questions have to be asked of Nicola Teta and is he the right man to turn it around for Arsenal
1: I think the questions need to be asked definitely um, he's not in danger of the sack currently the board are, are not um, going to make a change this this early in the season it's just not going to happen so anyone who thinks that that might happen sorry <laughs> to disappoint you but it, it won't is he the right man I was a little sceptical um, when he was appointed and he had quite a honeymoon period and he won the FA Cup. So he has some some capital in, in the bag there um, with, with the board. Um, it's gone wrong quite quickly and quite horribly this season. And I really don't know at the moment whether he is capable of turning that around. This is his first managerial job. This is the first time he's, he's really found the pressure coming on him. And he's just got to prove that he can do it. I'm I'm not totally convinced that he can, but the guy has got to be given a chance, I I suppose, to turn it around. It's just for Arsenal to be 15th, 11 points behind Spurs and closer to the bottom of the table than, than the top is pretty dreadful. I mean, if if that, if that was someone like Emery, Emery probably already would have gone by now, but because it's Arteta, there's going to be a little bit, a, a little bit more patience with him. And, in, in many ways, that the makeup of the squad that he inherited has kind of hamstrung him a little bit in terms of the contracts and the players there. And there's obviously a lot of players still in this squad that Arteta doesn't really fancy, doesn't really want. They were, they'd they signed players that perhaps he hadn't signed off on. Like, well, what's happened with Saliba? Does, does, is Arteta ever going to trust Saliba, for instance? So does he really rate him? Not an Arteta signing. So to be kind to him, to be fair to him, you would say maybe he's going to need another two windows to get this squad the way he wants it but you know what kind of state are Arsenal going to be in by then he he needs to find a way with the players he's got right now to turn things around or he will be in trouble because by the new year if they're in this position or or worse there are very few managers who would survive that and uh on that
0: upbeat note for Arsenal fans watching I think we'll, we'll we'll end it there um Thank you very much for watching the Football Digest Extra. We'll, of course, have coverage of Arsenal and Spurs games uh, across football.london and The Star and all the other websites that we have here. Uh, Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Paul Brown, thank you for joining me. Kai Kainak, and uh, we will see you very soon. Thank you.